So as a leader, do you think it's important to have a business coach and go through those training aspects to work on your skills? Yeah, I yeah. think it's definitely worthwhile exploring. Yeah. I think everyone responds differently. Mm -hmm. For me, it was more to try and work out what do I not know? Yeah. And I'm someone that's pretty keen on personal and professional growth and mm -hmm. development. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, if I didn't know stuff, then I was making the effort to learn it but there were also times where I've done mentoring and coaching before where it's been validating yeah where it's like okay well I actually already do that so that makes yeah. me feel glad and relieved yeah. that I'm on the right track yeah. hey guys welcome to the happy way podcast your go-to place for all things fun happiness well-being growth trust and diversity I am your host, Melissa Fideli, and I am here to inspire and connect everyone who chooses health and happiness so you can be your healthiest self and live life the happy way. Today, we have the wonderful Margot joining us in the, on the Happy Way podcast. Margot is a master KX Pilates trainer and all-round fitness expert. Margot is also a super savvy businesswoman and since starting her journey with Pilates has opened up not just one but four KX Pilates studios in Adelaide. So today we're going to chat all about the challenges of going out on your own, overcoming your fears and how to always back yourself in business. So welcome. Thank you. Am I saying your name right by the way? Margot. Margot. Yeah. I was like oh <laughs> midway through that I was like Oh my God, am I saying a name correctly? No, I spent my whole Perfect. life people trying to work out how yeah. to say it, spell it right. But yeah, no, you've got it. Good. Welcome. Thanks Thank for you. being here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So to get into things, tell us a little bit about your journey. As I believe you didn't always start with Pilates being your main focus no. and you had a strong dance and retail background. Yes. So yeah, tell us about your journey. How did you get to where you are now? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I always find that a bit of a tricky question. I feel like I've done a couple of random things, but yeah. I grew up in regional Victoria mm -hmm. and then moved to Adelaide to study dance. So I was dancing in Adelaide for full time for about four years. Wow. And after that, I was exhausted. Yeah, bet. what kind <laughs> um, of dancing was it? It was con contemporary mainly. Contemporary, okay. So I was yep. at AC Arts in the city, yep. which is yep. just on Light Square. And so it's like equal parts ballet training and like contemporary modern yep. training. And we used to do lots of productions and performances mm -hmm. every year and lots oh. of physical training. Yeah. So it's not like a standard uni degree where you'd like do a lecture and go home and chill yeah. out and watch Netflix. <laughs> We got graded on our attendance and it was quite intense. You know, we started with a group of about 25 and then we graduated with a class of seven. Wow. Yeah. So it was really wow. hard work. Probably yeah. one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it was amazing at the same time. And so when it was over, I just was exhausted Yeah, I bet. <laughs> physically and mentally as well. Any type of artist can relate to the arts industry being really challenging. And when you're using your body as a tool, it can be really hard to sort of keep going. So yeah. I just needed a break. And mm. so I graduated from there and was doing just retail work. I've sort of dabbled in the retail industry yep. Yep. over the years, like when I was at uni, when I was at school, like surf shops. Yeah. And I used to be 3IC at a surf shop in the city. And then that kind of took me through up until so... I was kind of ready to come out of doing my retail bit and yeah. get back into some artistic stuff and start mm -hmm. to dabble in some more dance things. And then I had quite a bit of trauma happen in my family. My dad passed away quite suddenly. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yeah, so that was a really hard time. 
it almost felt like I regressed a little bit with my own personal growth. And so I felt like I just had to take stock and just take a job and do the job and keep going. And so then I ended up as a travel agent for a little while. And so that was kind of calling on my retail and and skills with people and then I did that for a little bit and it was not very inspiring yeah well, it wasn't for you yeah <laughs> no nah, definitely That's, not yeah so then I quit my job and went traveling for a little while and actually quite a while so probably like almost five months wow where'd you go I went to oh where did I go I went to Europe I did a yeah. tour <laughs> oh the best went all around Europe and then I went over to America and I worked at a summer camp which yep. was in Northern California that was a beautiful experience it yeah, just felt wow. like it was exactly what I needed it was on like a farm okay so it was a fully working farm and all the kids yep. did chores and yep. there was animals and we sang songs and oh sounds very healing close to nature yeah, singing it was beautiful. with children beautiful yeah. yeah it was great and then came back and was like what am I going to do with myself? Yeah. <laughs> so I got a job managing a, an, a surf store and did that for a little bit. And then I started doing KX classes. Okay. So you started as a student at KX. Yeah. Yep. So I started as a client because essentially I was working this retail job that was really great mm. and I was really loving the managerial side of things and managing yep. people and doing like getting a little bit more in depth with the business and reporting and things like that and leading yeah. a team. But it wasn't really exactly the industry that I felt like I could offer as much as what I had. So then, yeah, I started going to KX as a client because I love moving and I love exercise and it really felt like it brought all of the things together for me as a client doing the workout Mm. where there was lots of references for my body to dancing Yeah, in terms of like coordination and using like the creativity elements in there and quite athletic and physical Mm. and they were all the things that I really love. And so, yeah, I just got so into it as a client. I was going four or five times a week and (laughs) was kind of hanging around like a bad smell and then... Yeah, just got ingrained in the community there and got to know the trainers, got to know the owner of the studio and then got approached about becoming a trainer. Mm. And then I was a trainer at that studio that I started at doing classes as a client. I was a trainer there for probably a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit bad with timelines sometimes. Oh, yeah. Everything's just a I was there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for a while as a trainer. Yeah. And that's kind of where it all started. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So before we get into the businessy stuff, can you give us an insight into what KX Pilates is and where we where we can find your studios? Because yeah, they're sure. all individually owned. Yes, yes. they are. Yeah. So KX Pilates is a franchise, but yep. each studio is individually owned and operated. Mm-hmm. So KX is a dynamic group workout that's done on a reformer. Yep. So it utilises traditional forms of reformer Pilates, but it's sort of modernised in a group workout sense. Yep. And yeah, really plays on that dynamic workout response in the body. So in Adelaide, there's uh, quite a few studios now, but essentially there's groups of no more than 14 at a time. And my studios are Brighton, North Adelaide, Blackwood and Tea Tree Gully. Awesome. I've been coming to the Brighton classes and they've been great. (laughs) I'm loving them. Very sore afterwards (laughs) because I'm used to doing high intensity training. So then coming and doing KX, it's like I'm using different muscles and it's Mm -hmm. amazing. I love it. It's very good. So you said you worked at that studio for a while when you became a trainer. What Mm -hmm. made you want to go out on your own um, and open up your own studio rather than just working for someone else? Was the opportunity presented to you or did you just really want to use all those skills that you had built up throughout your career? Yeah, I definitely felt like I had 
more to offer the world. Yep. Yeah, great. <laughs> and it's actually quite odd when I was younger, I used to say to myself, oh, I would never own my own business. Like that would be super hard. Like I'm not sure yeah. if I'd be able to do that. But I think when I was in something and I loved it so much, mm-hmm. I, I actually saw an ad, like a Facebook yeah. ad, I think, H- like head office or HQ, yeah. were advertising at the time in Adelaide to grow the okay. brand. And I saw an ad and yeah. I was already working as a trainer. Yeah. And so I thought, why, why couldn't that be me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why not? Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, the old how hard could it be type yeah. thing. And so I approached my studio owner at that time and said, what do you think? I think I might be able to do this. I think I'm mm. I'm ready. And yeah, he wholeheartedly supported me in that. And Amazing. so we worked on me developing my trainer skills and being the best trainer that I could possibly yeah. be. And then, yeah, went out on the journey to open Brighton Studio. So that was your first little baby. Brighton's yeah. my first child, yes. Oh, <laughs> first beautiful. born. Yeah. yeah. So and you just celebrated your third, third birthday? Third birthday wow. there, yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you believe is one of the most important aspects of being a business owner and managing a team? Because you've got several different trainers to manage, mm-hmm. you've got rosters, you've got mm-hmm. clients, mm-hmm. you've got all of it. So how do you do it? <laughs> Give us some tips. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things that I talk to my team about on the reg is communication. being one of the biggest things, you know, like there's lots of people that I come into contact with on the daily. Mm. And if communication isn't clear, if tasks aren't clear, if people don't really know what they're doing, it it can just end up really messy. So communication is always something that we we talk about and pride ourselves on internally Mm -hmm. to keep everyone on the right track. (laughs) What else? I think as I've gone further and further into business, I've realized a couple of things that I probably wouldn't have, you know, if you asked me that question three years ago, I probably would have answered differently but trusting my gut has been a really big one and sometimes when I've been posed with decisions or opportunities I've kind of thought about it quite a lot and thought oh you know maybe it shouldn't be that easy or like that Mm -hmm. just doesn't feel right and I've kind of learned along the way that those initial responses of yes that feels right even if the timing Mm -hmm. is quick or even if it wasn't how you anticipated it yeah. To come off, mm. always that intuition, like trust it. Yeah. And so I've really had to back myself yeah. and trust myself on that intuitive feeling. Yeah. I think we all kind of, we all have those moments of like stra- instantly we know mm. what's right, but we don't follow through with that because we think, oh, it's too good to be true. Like you said, it happened too quickly or it's flowing too easy. Yeah, Why yeah. is that right? Yeah, you know? Absolutely. So I think being able to actually do that and be like, yep. Mm that feels right, that feels good, I'm going to listen to myself, Mm. it's huge. And, yeah, it's going to help you big time, which Mm. obviously for you it has. So, yeah, yeah, Um, amazing. Yeah, and I think one of the other things that I guess I've had to flex a little bit over the years is just being able to stand up for myself, I think. So having a sense of confidence of, you know, I am who I am and I'm doing Mm. what I'm doing. And if it doesn't feel right, I'm confident enough to ask questions or if I don't know something, I'm going to put my hand up and say, I don't know what's happening or I don't know, I don't understand you, but I'm willing to do the work to try and get there. Particularly as a young female in Mm. business, uh, there's definitely been times where, what's the way to put it? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like that feeling, that classic 
vision of like going to buy a used car yeah. and you know getting yeah. approached by a sa- like a yeah. salesperson yeah. Yeah. and them expecting that you don't know, know what anything. You're... Yeah. 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 I have definitely felt like I've been put in that situation before just like you're yeah. a, you're a little girl you don't, you don't understand yeah. or you know how could you really know much about business mm-hmm. I've really had to kind of come into my own with that as well yep. and just be a little bit more confident to ask questions mm. and obviously try and do it in a in a respectful and integral way mm. but sometimes people don't think that you'll ask questions so yeah yeah that's yeah. probably the one of the biggest ones that yeah. has come up for me over the years too. yeah and at the end of the day with every question you ask you're learning and you're growing so I think a lot of the time yeah. we think, oh, better not ask that they'll think I'm stupid or I should know mm. this I better not say anything mm. But then you just kind of end up sitting in the dark, really, because you yeah. don't know things. So, Or at the end of the day, like if someone, you know, assumes that you know something mm. or if someone puts you in a position that you're not 100% happy with, that can potentially affect your business at the end yeah. of the day. And, yeah. you know, if it's your bottom line that's on the line or mm. if it's it might affect your team or if it might affect your community, I just want don't want to go along with something for the yeah. sake of either not rocking the boat or yeah. feeling like I don't want to seem difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So rock the boat if you need to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in, yeah, I'm definitely on board with doing a bit of a boat rock in a, yeah. in a like... Uh, in a respectful manner, yeah. yeah. Just being inquisitive and... Of course, putting yeah. yourself first, backing yourself yeah, and asking those hard questions. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Good. So how do you stay positive and motivated in business all the time? When managing a team, I'm sure you need to continually inspire the people around you. How do you manage them when you're having a bad day? And yeah, I'm sure there's lots of other business owners that would love to hear your tips on that. I'm sure we've all got something good to share. (laughs) Yeah. Staying positive. I, I definitely think, you know, particularly for me leading a big team, Mm. there's definitely, Definitely some skills probably that I'm drawing on in some ways from performing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I fully believe that if you're leading a team and there's lots of people that are on board and and working with you and for you, I don't believe that they need to see every aspect of Mm -hmm. you or what you're feeling all the time. Yeah. It's kind of like when, you know, you're a kid and you you'd never hear your parents talk about money mm. or anything mm. like that, you know, because essentially you're a child. Yeah. So, like, yep. you're being supported to live your best life and all the rest yep. of it, but you're not really going to talk about in-depth financials yeah. with the kids. I conduct myself in the same way, you know, yep. like if I was having a bad day or if I was having something that was affecting me, I, I would never project that onto my yeah. team. So I think there's that aspect of it. Like I, if you're trying to inspire and make yeah. an impact and motivate other people around you, yeah telling them about every single issue or every single problem that's going on for you, mm. it's going to be counterproductive. Yes. And that's not yeah. to say that you shouldn't be authentic and say, hey, look, I'm, you know, yeah. you've got opportunities where you're not yeah. going to be your best all the time. Yeah. Um, but offloading them all the time, I think yeah. that's an active choice to yeah. reserve that yeah. 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 for yeah. yourself because not everyone needs to be impacted and carry that load. That's yeah. essentially my role as a leader. You mm. know, I carry my load and share what I need to when I need to. But on the flip side to that, there is a big reality that, you know, yeah. it is hard to be, it's just hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to be, you know, pos- positive all the time, you know, like I definitely think I'm a very positive person and, yeah. and work hard at that. But I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I was going to say shit. No, you can, you can swear. It's fine. <laughs> um, it, 
Yeah, shit stuff happens all the time, but it does how you respond to that Mm. and how you approach that and then how you let that affect your team as well. Like it's huge and it's hard, but essentially if I've got a big team, I almost want to act like a shield for them, you know, like they shouldn't be affected by Mm. shit stuff all the time. That's my job in a way and it does take a bit of practice of course, to do that. You know, there does need to be other outlets where you can feel that support or there does need to be someone that you can offload to. So, you know, I've gone through business mentorships and had coaches and have a beautiful partner at home. Yeah, beautiful. And I'm quite close with my sister. Yeah. So I definitely have those outlets where I can feel as though I can offload and safely share because you can't carry all the time but also I don't feel like coming home and saying I had a crap day yeah yeah (laughs) I don't feel like to inspire the people that are working with you and your team I don't think they really need need to hear that that all the time because it's just not a very pleasant experience for them really so it's kind of like pick your audience you know we've all got heavy things we've all got shit things that happen absolutely every day and yeah just have have your support network but then when you're around your team and you're trying to inspire, then, you know, maybe keep that a little bit separate, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's always a delicate balance and sometimes it's harder Mm. than others. But, yeah, I definitely think that, you know, picking the people that you offload to and making sure the times when you are openly sharing or you're responding in an emotional way to something that's just happened, Mm. I think it's important for those people that you're offloading to to not be directly in your network or your workplace because that might affect their experience negatively. Of course. I think that's a great tip. I mean, I look at, you know, when I've gone into work and – either I've come in in a bad mood or someone else has come in in a bad mood and it does affect the whole energy of the office. It affects everyone. And that, you know, I guess with you guys as well, it's not just affecting your team but you've got lots of different people coming through as well Mm. and you don't want to have to affect their energy and put them off. They want to come in and Mm. feel light and happy and yeah, so yeah, I, I mean, think- I'm very realistic that you know everyone's not going to be at their best all the time. Of course, as a leader, I feel mm. like I should be there to yep. support others and help yep. to lift them up and yep. help to support and carry their yeah. load. Amazing, yeah, because they're potentially carrying the load of others, like clients or of their course. peers or team members, and that's a big part of my job. Yeah. So as a leader, do you think it's important to have a business coach and go through those training aspects to work on your skills? Yeah, I yeah. think it's definitely worthwhile exploring. Yeah. I think everyone responds differently. Mm-hmm. For me, it was more to try and work out what do I not know? Yeah. And I'm someone that's pretty keen on personal and professional growth and mm-hmm. development. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, if I didn't know stuff, then I was making the effort to learn it but there were also times where I've done mentoring and coaching before where it's been validating yeah where it's like okay well I actually already do that so that makes me feel glad and relieved that I'm on the right track yeah you're on the right path because sometimes like business can be quite isolating at times when you Mm. work for yourself and potentially that person that you might offload to or that would externally support you like maybe they're not around all the time and so being able to get that validation somewhere it can be really helpful, but yep. it would just depend on the person. Yeah. And sometimes you might need to shop around for someone that you connect yep. with personality-wise yeah. or whatever, and maybe it's not in a formal sense. Maybe mm. it's just someone to chat to, but yep. absolutely it's worth exploring. 
I really like that question that you asked yourself, what do I not know and what can I build on? Because I think if we, in life in general, I think that's such an important question to ask Mm. when it comes to personal development and business development. Mm. So I think that's a really great question to put out there. What do I not know? What can I work on? Yeah, no one can ever know everything. Exactly. Yeah, so I think that's quite an empowering thing to remind yourself. Like Mm. I can't expect myself to know everything and I don't feel like everyone should expect yeah. me to know everything either. Yeah. But just having that intuition or the uh, intuition is the right word. In uh, inquisitiveness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being curious. That's yeah. probably the way yeah. to go. To try and work it out. And then the more mm. you learn, the more you realize that you don't know. Yeah. And so yeah. it <laughs> starts small and then it gets, yeah, it gets bigger, bigger and bigger. And bigger, and bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so why is it important to always be open-minded and adapting in business? So looking at how COVID has impacted the fitness industry. I'm sure that you've had to be very Mm open-minded to keep business going strong and, you know, growing and adapting and changing. Mm -hmm. So why is that important and how how did you practice that and get through that? COVID's been shit. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? It's been terrible. COVID's been so shit for fitness businesses particularly. It's been really, really hard. You know, fitness businesses have been the first ones to close because they're high risk. Yeah. And then they're the last ones to reopen. Mm -hmm. If there's no people in, essentially your business stops, but the bills don't stop. And, you know, then if you start to get a little bit specific with it, you know, if we're classed as high risk and we're closing first out of anybody, but then our Mm -hmm. team members are not classified as high risk or frontline workers, therefore you don't, like they weren't being classified as eligible for a vaccine you know that was going on for quite a while so there's so many things that were in the mix that are very negative like it's hard to put a positive spin on that yeah I get quite protective of my team particularly so it's like okay well I don't really mind if business sort of stunts for me but I want to make sure that the people that work work with me me and my team they're Mm. protected yeah and also there's never been a positive case that's come from a fitness business so that's different that's a different conversation um (laughs) we'll turn that mic off and talk about that (laughs) um so being open-minded I guess just having that understanding and the realization that it can't go on forever yeah and what can I do to best cope with what's happening right now Mm. um and so for me that was making sure that my team were as supported as possible yeah um because a lot of uh my trainers, um, they're in casual positions um, and lots of people in the fitness industry are. Mm. So essentially a lot of them lost all of their work overnight and, you know, some of them have different fitness industry jobs where they might go between a couple of different places because that's pretty realistic to, you know, share yourself around and do different things across the week. And, you know, everyone lost majority of their work overnight if, you know, they didn't have anything else going on. So mental health was a huge one. So I think the focus shifted from what can I do to protect my business? It was like, okay, well, the business is closed now. What can I do to help support my team? Yeah. So it was almost like everything got a bit parked for a while business-wise and it's like there's nothing that we can do there. Set up, you know, government supports and there was JobKeeper that was going on for a little while. I was staying in touch with my accounting team quite a lot to support me through those applications and all the rest of it. Yeah, it was really just people focused at that point, yeah. direct team So what focus. did you guys do to support your mental health? Did you <laughs> get together or, I mean, get, we what, couldn't really yeah, get together, no, could we? We are just stay home. Yeah. But what did you guys do with each other? So we were staying connected online. So yeah. I was making sure that I was doing 
check-ins with everyone yeah. sort of one-on-one via text yeah um yeah. and we also had a regularly scheduled team meeting yeah which <laughs> which was uh lockdown wine oh iso wine time oh that I love was that. it was like dressing gowns essential and everyone, <laughs> <laughs> so that was on zoom and everyone would get together and uh wear dressing gowns and drink wine oh, and beautiful um, love this yeah we used to yeah. it was actually as much as it was not great from a business sense it was actually really there were some beautiful things that came out of it of just because for us at KX lots of the time when you're in the studio you're with clients a lot but sometimes you don't see each other yeah. as a team all the time in the same space so it yeah. was really beautiful to be able to connect with the team in a different way yeah. and you know sort of go around the zoom screen yeah. and you know what's your favorite food yeah and, you know, all those types <laughs> really of things get to and know just each being other. able to connect a little bit more yeah yeah we just kind of did the best with what we had yeah. and then when we knew that we were having that roadmap out of that longer lockdown we were a little bit more skills focused in that sense of you know getting back into training and writing session plans and being prepared for what we might see from clients in the studio too in terms of their approach to exercise and also Mm -hmm. you know potential physical regressions in their skills yeah after not doing things for such a long time because KX is on the reform, are we able to take things online? Because I know that a lot of fitness studios did do that. Yeah. But was that a little bit tricky for you guys to be able to do that? Yeah, it was definitely tricky. At that point, our head office didn't have a platform that was set up. Okay. So it was kind of like that Yeah. That golden word pivot. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it exists now where yeah. you can book live classes online on the mat or on the reformer which okay. other states that are locked down now they're utilizing yeah. but at that point it was kind of needing to be created mm. so yeah it was pretty tough to sort of work out what to do and how best to support the community because we're still sort of working to get platforms up and running and it's not as though everyone has access to a reformer at home no, either. exactly yeah, yeah. so it was yeah. quite tricky what is the best thing about doing what you do and owning your own businesses? Oh, good stuff. Okay. Yeah, this is more polite, uh, hearted, more fun. What's the best thing? <laughs> I'm a pretty people person and, yeah. yeah, one of the best things is definitely just being around amazing people yeah. all the time. I'd be nowhere without my team and I work. everyone that I work with is so skilled and they do such a great job and we learn yeah. so much from each other and likewise being able to be in multiple different studios mm every day, every week, see so many different clients who different walks of life and yeah. different people and always around people, which is so great. Yeah, amazing. Um, I also really love the flexibility too. I think that's probably one thing that anyone that owns their own business hopefully would agree with that, yeah. you know, you've got the power to create a schedule and structure a routine and do things within your own timeline and be able yeah. to have that freedom and flexibility if you've kind of got that routine down yeah. down pat yeah love that there's so yeah there's yeah. lots of great things yeah I also love the variety as well for me personally mm. um being able to have every day that's semi-different yes. and being able to yeah. do different things and be in different places mm. that really helps me to keep motivated I uh, think it would help me know, to keep motivated for sure different environment yeah, yeah just always just always experiencing up. different things yeah yeah yeah, yeah. amazing so before we finish today, I would love to know what one key lesson you have learned on your journey with life and business that you would tell your younger self. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> one key lesson. It would definitely be on the intuition train, like mm. we talked about before. Yeah. You know, trust your gut. Um, and if it feels right, it probably is right. Mm-hmm. Or if you're having to work too hard for it, it's probably a sign in mm. that. Something else that I've learned 
work with people that work well with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that along, you know, business schools of thought and whatever, you know, you always want to work with people that you get along with or people that you connect with or in aligned, um, you know, values wise. And that's a hundred percent right. You know, it's not about what you know, but it can a lot of the time be about who you know. And so sometimes it can feel right working Mm. with people that you know and that you connect with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And sometimes I find that they go hand in hand more often than what you would expect. Mm -hmm. Where can we find more of you? If people want to follow your journey, (laughs) they want to come visit your studios, where do we find you? Um, Well, I'm in and out of the studios all the time. So I'm... Uh, I'm still teaching classes myself. Yeah. I'm generally around the place quite a lot, but I'm at Blackwood Studio on a Wednesday, Brighton Studio on a Thursday night. Um, I will soon to be at Blackwood on a Friday morning. Yeah. I'm on social media. Yep. Beautiful. What's your handle? Uh, It's just my name. Yeah. Okay. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know where else you would yeah. find me. I'm we'll just, just around. You're in around. Adelaide. Yeah, in Adelaide. We'll Probably look honor around a Yeah, <laughs> Or a Lily Lemon. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for oh, coming on today and sharing all your wisdom about business and growth and development. It's been really great to have you on. So thank, thank you so you. much. Of course. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you have taken even just one piece of wisdom from this episode that you can apply to your life to help you grow and be a happier and healthier version of you. Please like, subscribe and make sure to share us on your socials. Sending love to you all. Bye.